0: tell you what guys this is a bit ropey for a few games there but it feels like the real Manchester United has finally returned
1: we can't have nice things forever can we
0: no not for more than four or five games forget it
1: no it's all, it's all gone a bit, um, a bit Van Gaal is not it those that little five or six run games when we looked like we were brilliant and then it all went back to normal again
0: yeah Paul you're very quiet
2: uh, yeah um, I, I feel a lot more positive than you guys um, I, it's in our hands still um, it, and that doesn't worry doesn't the
0: look- shit out of you <laughs>
2: Well, look, it was a really poor performance tonight. We looked tired mentally and physically, so obviously I'm not, like, jumping for joy here, Mm. but... The fact that we're even in with a shout at this stage is pretty positive, I think.
0: Oh, I don't disagree with that. Uh, uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's Red Voices. A pleasure to have you with us. Uh, it's you and Dunnett, Paul Gunning and Richard Cant on hand to discuss Manchester United's draw with West Ham United earlier on this evening, which leaves United with a Champions League destiny in their hands, needing barely a point against Leicester on Sunday afternoon to qualify for the European Cup competition. Paul, Richard, how are we?
1: Yeah, not bad, not bad. Good, still thank bit, you. A bit cross, a bit cross about the uh, <clears throat> about the performance, but Cilivin. The mm. thing
2: is, I completely saw this coming. We we never do well against West Ham, and there's particularly when there's anything riding on it. We just, it, I just hate playing them.
0: We are going to end tonight, somehow, this game week in third. <laughs> and yes, it was not a good performance, and my God, it really was not a good performance. But what a ridiculous Premier League season this is. That we could still end up qualifying for the Champions League, even if we lose on Sunday afternoon.
1: It's kind of a shit off, isn't it? <laughs> none of them. None of them want to. I mean, it's not been a good league for anybody apart from Liverpool in terms of consistency.
2: No. And e- and even they, like you know, every- in a few years' time, everyone's going to look back in this and say uh, they didn't really deserve to win the title because everyone else was shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and have you seen they have built the uh, an amazing stage? They've taken about a thousand seats out of the cops. They can build an incredible stage onto which they can lift the trophy to nobody. Yeah, wow. wasn't it a
2: bit like a million mm. pounds or something? Yeah,
1: you got to take you got to take small victories, haven't you? And that's that's one. Wait for yeah. thirty years, thirty years, and they have to lift a trophy <laughs> uh, in an empty stadium it, it to was, nobody.
2: Uh, I saw a quote from Jurgen Klopp saying, "No one's. This is going to be an unf- This is an unforgettable." For Liverpool, unforgettable celebration. I, I, I've already forgotten. I'd already forgotten they'd won a league.
1: I mean, <laughs> the,
0: I mean, they're winning 3 1 at this exact moment in time. I think it's half time at the moment, so we'll assume that Chelsea aren't winning that game, which leaves United quite well poised. Anyway, now, after, after Sunday afternoon, you know, we're all feeling disappointed with the performance, I think it's fair to say, and not necessarily hugely confident coming into this game, but I think we expected a little bit more of a
1: reaction it's fair to say rich yeah i mean if those if those four games or four or, five, four or five wins told us about the qualities that this this team has i think the last the last couple of games particularly have told us about the the weaknesses um both in terms of the team and the squad and the possibly the manager as well to a degree you know certainly we've we look like a team that's absolutely out on its feet you know if you'll have if you if, if you're You've got a performance where you're playing at home with the incentive that we've had tonight to try and, you know, potentially take the Champions League place away from Leicester. And for at, almost every single player to drop a five out of 10 or below, you know, it's got to be, there's got to be an enormous degree of fatigue setting in there. And we, we know the squad isn't great. And I think, I don't think Oli's necessarily managed these two games very well either. Um, so it's just kind of, yeah, I mean, in the long run, these these two games will probably be. Two or maybe even three games next week will probably be useful to us, but but in, in isolation tonight, that 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 performance looked like the dark days of Mourinho.
2: Yeah, I mean it wasn't great. Um, they do look knackered. I mean I, I'm a huge supporter of Ole. I have been all season, but I think he's made mistakes recently in uh, not rotating a squad more, throwing you know making one or two changes here and there. I think he, he can get away with doing that with the squad he's got. Not wholesale changes, but just one or two here and there. I think you get away with it. Yeah, really poor performance tonight. Um, and I really miss Luke Shaw. And that's yeah, how bad <laughs> things have got. You know, and I, you know, actually, I've probably been a bit harsh on Luke Shaw. And I think you do. You do see maybe now that he, you know, what he offers. I mean, he's he's not top top quality, but I think Brandon Williams, bless him, you know, he, he just looks very much his age at the moment.
0: I mean, can I just stop you for one second when we're talking about your criticism of Luke Shaw? I just want to point out that you were saying that you wanted Marcos Rocco, who is currently in Argentina because United <laughs> do not want him to return to even training over Luke Shaw. That's how bad it was. This is a long time ago. Uh, this is several it, it months ago, them, my friend. To be honest.
1: Yeah, it was absolute nonsense then as well. <laughs> exactly, yeah.
2: It was, it was all just <laughs> jokes. Oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anyway, I'm not necessarily surprised that Oli went with another strong team there because that's seemingly what he's done over the last couple of weeks. You know, I think... Looking at the way that the game progressed, you know, United started off in the first sort of 10, 15 minutes. We looked quite good. Obviously, it helped that yeah. West Ham were not yeah. pressing. They were sitting quite deep. They were playing quite compact and forcing us to push the ball out wide and to the flanks. And Williams and Vossi were having to, for the most part, try and provide the edge. And it didn't really work out. But we did have a couple of half chances. You know, Martial had a decent effort that Fabianski pushes wide that flashed across them. And then the really great chance of the first half fell to Fernandez, and he takes the first touch with his right foot, and then when the ball comes down, it cannons off his left boot at that stage. I was thinking United had not necessarily moving through the gears here, but they were comfortable, but as that half went on, we just got way 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 too comfortable on the ball i'm not I'm not surprised it was slow you know it made sense that it was slow because we'd had so much football over the last couple of weeks, and a lot of the team that had started tonight's game had been playing almost all of those games. So the fatigue setting in and trying to keep the game at a nice slow pace and trying to find their moment and pick apart West Ham when opportunities presented themselves made sense, if we picked them apart, which we didn't. And then eventually, you know, completely unsurprisingly, West Ham grew in confidence and we give away a terrible, terrible goal at really the worst possible moment in that first half. Yeah,
2: but West Ham were just feeling as out, weren't they, for those first 10 minutes, really? They were just seeing what kind of mood we were in, I think, after the Cup semi-final. Are United? Is it going to be a, a knackered, um, mentally fatigued United that turns up, or is it going to be United that's angry and frustrated and takes it out on us? And obviously, it was the former. Um, so, you know, their game plan worked perfectly. And you're right, I think the first 10 minutes, or so we, we looked alright, but there was no real intensity going through the half. And it's first five minutes of the second half, you know, again, a bit more intensity, but we just can't keep it up. And. I think when Bruno Fernandes doesn't play well United don't play well. Mm. Um, and then the yeah the, the the penalty I mean Pogba must be so mortified by that.
0: Well Harry Maguire was saying in the post match interview that he has apologized to them which is one thing, you know. Yeah. A, the natural reaction when a ball is coming straight towards your face is to put your arms up and block it.
2: Yeah, if if you're like a, a, you know an 8-year-old playing football in the park but not Old Trafford you know? I, d- <laughs> I
1: don't I don't I don't, th- I don't think the reaction itself in putting his hands up to protect, kind of protect his face was the problem. The problem is if you, if you see the the shot from behind the taker, he's not paying proper attention when the when the ball struck, and so I think what what happened is he only caught the gl- a glimpse of the ball when it was a meter away from his face, and and that's why he reacted to how he did. The the, the the problem was not being switched on in the first place, and I think you could see that from almost all of United's players today. They just just wasn't that level of focus that that we've seen that mm. that means that you can you can play at the speed and the tempo that you that, that we need to and everybody was off i mean like paul said bruno i mean bruno dropped a proper done out of 10 it's absolutely te- <laughs> yeah, genuinely it was terrible performance he's been so responsible for the speed of United's attacking and the the, the one touch play around the penalty area and the quality of, of of creativity and as soon as as soon as he's 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 dropping Dropping zeros, it just disappears. And uh, I think Gary Neville said that and he was right that that West Ham had clearly set up to, to funnel us wide, and 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 keep our because we didn't have an aerial presence in the box. So you, if you funnel us wide and keep and then keep the fullbacks and the the wide players quiet, then we didn't have anything anything else to offer. And it was just, I mean, rash. It wasn't even just. It wasn't even the, the tempo. It was s- simple first touches. Just. Just going astray and five yard passes and just the most simple things and it just smacked of a team that's got incredibly tired minds and, and that was compounded by um Ollie not really making changes when he needed to and, and this that's kind of a recurring theme. I don't think he I don't think he's he's moving quickly enough and with enough um decisiveness during games to, to identify when players are really struggling physically and, and, a, and actually making changes. It's been a problem all season though, hasn't it? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of elements to that. I mean, one thing to mention first, how pleased must David De Gea be that Pogba completely took the heat off him?
1: Well, he must, he must, but now he's now failed to save 20 penalties in succession, so I don't, I don't think know, he should be that? too... Maybe not too poo- chuffed, I mean, I, maybe
2: relieved is the word. Nice trim, though. He's has got his I, hair cut. Looks, looks pretty good. <clears throat> <laughs>
1: pretty good. <laughs> I, I don't think there's another, another Premier League goalkeeper who's as poor at facing penalties as... The you just um, know he's
2: gonna you, you absolutely know
0: the penalty's gonna as long as they hit the target, it's going in, basically. He just yeah. never yeah. seems yeah. to go the right way. It's, <laughs> it's no. I mean, Mika Antonio, what his eighth goal since the restart, man's been on fire lately, but he won't get many easier mm. chances than that to score. And no. coming right no. before no. half time as well, it was terrible timing from United because they had drifted through that half, but if we get through at nil nil others obviously has a chat with them, and you're assuming that we come out with a little bit of increased verve in the second. I mean, mm. One of the things that I found really heartening, especially coming into the second half, was how quickly United responded. And it was a really, really good move for Greenwood's equaliser. You know, it was great play by him and Martial between them. And then when Greenwood's in that situation, you're just not stopping those shots, are you? He hits the ball with such yeah. venom and such power, it's impossible to stop or even get a touch on. Fabianski had no chance whatsoever. He was stranded, even though it was onto his near post. You know, it was a great equaliser. At that exact moment in time, I'm thinking, great, we've started with a little bit more purpose. United can now push on, create a couple more chances and put this game to bed or at least take the lead and maybe try and grind out a 2-1 win. But it just never came. You know, that pressure that you thought would come and West Ham being a little bit less, you know, sure of themselves and sitting a little bit deeper just never happened. And that is the, Disappointment. I guess obviously we take into consideration the tiredness of the team and the squad, and you know, we're really up against it at the moment in terms of the conditioning. But you know, Rich, you mentioned in Oli's ability to spot when players are chugging and really tiring out, and <clears throat> that comes into that brings the squad management uh, element into play. Now, I've seen a lot of people bemoaning the quality United squad, especially over the last few weeks when there has been criticism about Ollie not rotating enough. Now the only challenge I'd say to that is when did we decide that Scott McTominay or Fred can't do anything, especially when Matic and Pogba are completely out on their feet.
2: After the Norwich game, it's it all it all goes back to the Norwich game.
0: But we'll be that bad in the Norwich game, that poor, that terrible I mean, we... that we can't bring these players on no, it's when ridiculous. we're when we're struggling so much. It doesn't mm. I can't quite I can't accept it. It's really weird and, and
2: it's not like these guys haven't done you know, putting good performances in the past. I mean earlier this season when we didn't have Bruno Fernandes, we poor Pogba was out injured. These guys were playing all the time and yeah, you know, they did sometimes drop some terrible performances. But generally, you know, they 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 did okay. They got us through. We know they're limited. But it's I find yeah, I'm I'm with you and you know, I just find it really, really weird that they're not even getting a sniff, are they? I mean
0: Well, Oli made two substitutions in that game. One at half-time for Wan-Bissaka coming on for Timothy Fossumensu, who conceded the free kick that led to the penalty that led to the goal. Um, And Timbo had a bit of a a rough half. You know, Just checks his run a little bit more when Pogba's playing him Mm -hmm. in and he might be able to set up a great goal in the first half. But other than that, not necessarily hugely noteworthy. wan played well, I thought. And the second change Mm -hmm. was, what, 10 minutes from time when Rashford came off for Regalo. I don't understand when we're playing again in four days why more changes weren't made. And it... i don't know if it worries me but it says to me that ollie doesn't have any confidence in the players that he has on the bench which again says to me that we're going to be using this same core group of players on sunday for a game that we can't afford to lose and that is concerning because they're out on their feet at the minute
2: they are leicester have got big holes as well i mean they're there to be got at but you you need energy to get to anyone i mean I mean, West Ham, you know, they pretty much had nothing to play for tonight. and It looked like United had nothing to play for.
1: And the problem is as well, we've been, we've been kind of tactically exposed, haven't we, in In, in the last few weeks, and so now every single manager who faces us is approaching us exactly the same way, and, and we've we, we yet to find a way of, of countering that. And it's, it, it almost kind of feels like we did last year when, when teams worked out that if you don't let us counter-attack, we can't score. It's almost now if you, if you press hard from the front, we can't play through it. You might get a goal th- from it. And if if you don't, you, you're likely to stymie us because we just. I mean, there, there were. What was frustrating is there was a three. There was about a ten minute spell in the second half where Harry Maguire played three really incisive balls that cut out the west Ham midfield, out to um, Brandon Williams and, and Marcus Rashford on the left hand side, and it was that kind of pass that that we needed all game. But outside of that that brief little window, we just weren't able to execute it.
2: We didn't have a left-hand side, though, did we, really? I mean, because Williams was poor. Rashford had a really, for, by his standards, a really terrible game. So we basically just didn't. And, and West Ham, like you said earlier, I mean, you know, they were shifting it out to, the, to to our wings, but particularly the left wing, because they could see that nothing was being created on our, on our left-hand side.
0: Just a really frustrating performance, but one that, again, fully indicated just how worn out this team is at the moment, you know. Think of Declan Rice bearing down on goal, neither Lindelof or Wan-Bissaka closing him down, and he gets a really good shot off on target that could have curled in and put us in even more trouble. And De Gea rightfully lambasting the defence for that because it's poor. You know They have to be closing him down. They can't invite him to shoot or let any player shoot from that sort of distance. It's not the league where you can expect to do that and get away with it. And there was a 10-minute period, as you mentioned, Rich, there were bits, times when Maguire and Lindelof did this once as well, where they were making passes that cut out the midfield broke through the lines and actually gave us some opportunity to try and catch West Ham on the back foot it was also a 10 minute period I think from like the 70th minute onward where United were constantly trying cute passes to each other when they won the ball back and gave it away instantly like four or five times in a row it was maddening they just couldn't hold on to possession at all and again you know we constantly make this uh, suggestion up sorry we constantly make this point you know tired minds tired bodies and everything but again that's a situation that the manager needs to handle better. I've, every team in the country is going through a similar situation. or you know, Obviously, they played a lot of football in a condensed period, and United have had it a little bit worse because we played a couple more FA Cup games on top of that. But this is why you have a squad. This is why you have players that you can trust in to at least do a job for you, if not create an absolute wonder goal in the last 10 minutes. And again, I know we've gone back to it, but I think the, the lack of use of the squad, especially in the last four games, is really been baffling to me and you know if we, I guess it there's not really much too much else to pick out from that game tonight apart from maybe a couple opportunities where you know wan gets down the wing very nicely pulls it back in a goal he could leave it for Martial with his first touch of the ball which just sort of screws it wide from a relatively decent angle and another option earlier on that game was uh, I think it was wan again pulling back Martial takes the shot and could leave it for Pogba and he's in a much better position but Yeah, we're clutching at straws for really good moments in that game from United, aren't we?
2: I think as well, I do worry that there's still a real mental fragility about this team. Um, We saw it last season, we had opportunities last season to get into the top four, we didn't take them. And we saw them earlier this season as well when we were conceding. We concede a lot of stupid goals, you know, give away stupid fouls and stupid areas. And, you know, there's there's a lack of leadership and, and a lack of kind of composure, really.
0: Yeah I mean United leadership is a, is always a weird thing to discuss because you know there's still this hankering for a Roy Keane type visible leader you know in terms of the way he cajoles and chastises the players around him throws them on his back and produces a matter of the match performance you know proper leadership example and you know we haven't had that for a long long time like a decade and a half but you don't necessarily see any elements of that in the way that United play games these days, really, do you? You know, you look at mm. Maguire and Matic and Pogba, Fernandez. you know, in a, in a leadership sense, I didn't get any idea that United were really coping with the situation today.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the problems we've got is that at the moment we don't have the capacity to score scratty goals. You know, every goal has to be a bit of a worldie. And again, that's down to deficiency with the squad. But it makes it really difficult to to win games, even when you're playing bad when, when you're playing badly. I thought Maguire was probably United's best player today. I mean, it doesn't, it's not saying a great deal, but
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I disagree. <laughs> but the bar was really low tonight.
1: It was really low, but we've we've had we've had you know we have got players who've who shown themselves to be leaders this season. You know, I think Maguire has done that. I think obviously Fernandez has come in and and done that. And it, the problem is that it, it doesn't really matter how many leaders you have if everybody's just playing football badly and that's kind of how it was how it was tonight and we just you know we can't sling crosses into the box we haven't got that alternative forward a kind of Raul Jimenez or whoever that we can we can bring on and change a game and actually ask different questions of a defense so if a team's set up well enough for us doesn't matter how many leaders you've got and how many people pumping their chests and whatever else if you haven't got the variation or the ability to change a game by Using personnel that can bring something different, then you're always going to struggle to win enough games to really do damage on the league. Gary Neville said that as well. You know, it, he's he's been banging the drum about centre forward for the last few weeks, and he's absolutely right. Amongst the things we need, we just need we we do need more leaders, but we need more variety as well.
2: There's not enough variety. There aren't enough options. But yeah, I, I, I think what I mean by leadership is not so much the sort of beating of the chest kind of leader, um, although they you know they have their place. It's more when the chips are down, it's it's our mental fragility when we have opportunities, we have these huge opportunities and and, and we just seem to slip up at the last, you know, and, and it's frustrating as a fan because I think we, you know, our first team has got the quality, you know, we've got some fantastic players in this team now, Yeah, clearly we're running on empty, but there's a part of me that thinks, well, you know, come on guys, there's two games left, you know, can you not just find that? And it's all very well for me to sit here and say that, isn't it? But you know, is is then surely when when the stakes are so high, you can just dig that bit deeper. And and maybe I'm just being completely naive and a proper armchair fan, you know. But it's uh, you love I, a bit of passion, just, don't you, Paul? I love a bit of passion, mate. I love a bit of passion. Yeah.
1: But that I think that fragility. Can become institutional, can't it? You know, that's how United go 26 years without winning the title. That's how Liverpool go 30 years without winning the title. It becomes an institutional issue, and you can change yeah. the personnel around, but there can just be something at the club that, that, it's that the. It's pressure that, as well, isn't it? It's, it is it's pressure. It's, it's huge pressure. You know, we,
2: yeah. we have to. If if we don't make top four, and we you know we should be winning leagues, let alone talking about getting to top four. But if we don't get to the top four, it's a complete failure.
0: <laughs> well, on that jury note, time for a quick break, and then back to it. Just a quick reminder that Red Voices is brought to you in association with Pitch Sports, a football fan app offering you the chance to connect and compete with other United fans, build and rate starting to predict United's results, and have your say on the club. Head on over to Google Play or the Apple App Stores and search for Pitch Sports. The point can reasonably be made. Given, you know, you wind us back to Burnley, back in January, that awful 2-0 defeat at Old Trafford. You say that going into the last game of the season, United have the opportunity as long as they don't lose to qualify for the Champions yeah. League. We would have accepted that readily. I think, obviously, with the way that we played for you know, over half the games during lockdown, you know, in terms of the goals we scored, in terms of the build-up play, in terms of the way that we played, some stunning football at times. Maybe we got lulled into a false sense of security of thinking there'd been a proper sea change, but the reality is that we still got the exact same problems that we've had for several years, and you know we're creating a few new ones for ourselves by not properly addressing them especially at the moment and you know going into that game against Leicester you know my fear is that United don't have the for once of a better term the bottle to go through that game and get the result that they need let's look back through the last couple of years all the other times that United could have maybe taken a step forward or produced a massive result and we consistently fall short it is, a, as you said there, it's a lot of pressure for United to start overturning this narrative. And they are obviously physically and mentally tired after the amount of football they've played since lockdown. Or sorry, well, since the restart. So it's a big test for them on Sunday. Huge. I mean, I really hope that we can get over the line because I honestly think we've got a much better chance of winning the Europa League if we come at it with top four qualification already sealed. I think if we go into the Europa League, I'm hugely worried about our chances of trying to get qualification for the Champions League that way, because I just don't know whether or not they've got the the toughness to really go through that period. Rich, what do you reckon?
1: Yeah, it's it's very difficult. It would be very difficult to come back from the blow of not making it through the league, given the position we've been in, to have to face... And I think I think the fact that knockout games make it or single knockout games makes it makes it harder as well. The only flip side to that or the caveat caveat to that really is I guess at least we have what are two relatively soft first games. So, you know, we can we can put out the stiffs against against Linz and we've either got uh here or Copenhagen in the quarter final. And in theory you'd hope that we could make a few changes in that game and, and still relatively comfortably come through so you would at least hope that we'll be fresh again before we have to face someone who's actually really good again if we kind of fall at this hurdle because we've broken psychologically then that doesn't give you an enormous amount of hope that the same won't happen with the second chance that we have but the thing with this team is you just don't know next week next at the weekend we could all expect that we're not going to do it we could come out and win 3-0 who knows because because the talent's there isn't it the quality's there the quality's there to take them apart
2: yeah i think as well you know Going into this season, top four probably would have been a bit of a bonus in my head because I was thinking, with the squad that Solskjaer was going into the season with, I thought we'd struggle to get top four, and I was okay with that. I mean, in the short term, I thought we're going to have to have a bit of short term pain for long term game because it's not going to happen overnight. The fact that we're even with a shout, I think, is a real positive, and I think I think we'll do it actually. I genuinely do think we'll do it. I, th- I thought we'll do it all season, and I'm, I'm going to stick to that now. You know, the thing with, with these sort of big hurdles that you need to get over, it
0: has to happen at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Eventually, we're going to have to do this. Yeah, and
2: obviously, the sooner the better. But, and then, suddenly, the, there's a bit more self-belief. And obviously, financially, it's great as well. So, we can hopefully spend a bit more money in the summer and blah, blah, blah. We're
1: going to start, we'll are going start next season with better players than we started yeah, next exactly. season Yeah, exactly. Exactly
0: that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're right, Paul. Eventually, United do have to overturn this narrative. What better time to do it than now? Mm. You know, it's not a trophy, but it's a massive part of United's strategy, not only for recruiting players, but for what we hope to accomplish in the next couple of years. And we have to stop getting back in the Champions League consistently. You know, it's been a massive, long slog of a season. And if we get through to that Europa League tie against, uh, well, the second leg against LASK with top four, I think United not only can rest a lot of players we can just take a breath because it feels like especially since the Southampton game we've just been waiting for the errors to come we've just been waiting for things to go wrong it's really tense isn't it yeah and it's so difficult when you just don't trust your team to be able to get themselves over these hurdles and you know I mean again I'm trying not to hype it up too much and again you know we've spoken so much on this podcast about trying not to be too reactive either way you know Try not to go too negative or too positive when we start getting a couple of bad results or a couple of good results, but it does feel like going into that game on Sunday, there's an intense amount riding on it.
2: But there, is, there is for Leicester as well. You, know, you have to bear in mind that they're under huge pressure as well. It's obviously going to be a ridiculously nervy affair for both teams. We just have to hope that we've got the quality to sort of overcome it. So, well, I think we've got the
1: quality.
0: It's whether or not they've got the energy
1: to actually show that.
0: Right, quick score predictions for Leicester, Then we'll do a couple of questions,
1: Rich. I can't even I I I can't even I can't even I can't even begin to to be honest all I've done since full time today is is comprehend how I'm actually going to sit through it it's going to be horrific isn't it (laughs) it's going to be one of the most horrendous matches we've had to sit through in in recent years but in a
2: way though that isn't a good thing because you know not, That's what
1: it's about. It'd be but... great
2: if we if we were sort of sat in the top four, all nice and comfortable, already qualified for the Champions League, great, but I don't know, there's something about having go, something go just having anything go down for the last day of the season is a bit of a bonus at the moment.
0: Yeah, something really special and intangible about wanting to vomit for like twelve <laughs> yeah. hours on the last day of yeah. the season constantly. Absolutely. And feeling nauseous <laughs> at the mere sight of a football. Yeah, I love it. Can't <laughs> get enough.
2: Jeez. Paul uh, I'm kind of with Rich here. I don't, I don't even want to say. I think. I mm. think we'll. I'm not going to say. No,
1: <laughs> I, th- I think,
0: no, we I think need we'll, need we'll a- win. I, think I mean, we'll you win. two are a fantastic value yeah. on this week's episode. I must <laughs> say, you're really earning your wages.
1: <laughs> I just feel. I just. I just feel like I need two days just not to think about it. I'm so exhausted. Yeah. It's
2: been such an exhausting season. Such an exhausting season. It
1: does feel like that, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I kind of feel like we've got to. It, it, it feels like I'm almost willing it to end. And that's <laughs> yeah. terrible, but it is. It's just I just think like, I just want to break. We just we've just had three months off, haven't we? <laughs> three months off. It feels like about six <laughs>
2: seasons rolled into one.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we've we've potentially got what I don't know five five games left. Yeah, because we're in the last five? sixteen, Hopefully. so we've
0: got the second. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got five games left after four games left after Leicester.
1: Yes, I meant five Hopefully. games left. So exactly. five exactly. games left from now. Yes, I uh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't take it out
0: on each other, guys. Come on, <laughs> we're all friends here. we have all had a so It's like that, is it? All right, cool. All right, questions to run off the evening. Uh, Jacob Hill. It's obvious that we struggle when teams high press against us. What should United be looking to do to beat this? Also, we need to spend in the transfer market. Our lack of rotation options is criminal. Uh, I don't disagree with the uh, spending money in the transfer market. That seems Ooh. like a really good place to spend it at the moment. Paul, what do you reckon?
2: Yeah, we just need that extra quality. I mean, obviously we need to spend more money in the transfer market. How we beat the press is just by having more better players, I think.
0: More better players. More better players. <laughs> ri- yeah.
1: Well, I think in the short term, we need two things. We need the two centre-backs to actually pass between the lines more. And we need Bruno Fernandes to not misplace... Nine out of ten passes all fall over when the ball's at his feet, <laughs> and I think if those two if those two things happen, I think we've got an excellent chance of moving forward both both at the weekend and and thereafter. Yeah. But, but, but as 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 of now, my confidence in those things is a little shaken.
0: Well, my answer ties in with the next question, which is from Kevin Brown, and he asks question: Is Matic good enough? Yes, in very specific circumstances, like right? when United are pressing, are being pressed high up the pitch perhaps not when we have a lot of the ball and we're trying to break down a low block pretty useful but the problem is is that we're trying to make him fit into every single scenario that we're playing against at the moment and it's clear that he's not able to do that and again we I feel like a complete broken record maybe Ollie should listen to this podcast I don't know but if we play Matic so much he looks tired and he gives the ball away you know, these are things that we know to be in- indelible truths of life.
1: I think the problem is that the Palace match was interesting in that, 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 obviously, the first half, McTominay started as the deepest line midfielder and United had no control over that game at all. Um, and so well, he was forced to bring Matic off and you, you, you saw then that he kind of has the tactical discipline to, to, to kind of balance the midfield in those circumstances. The, the problem, as you say, is he's, he's not the man for every circumstance. But unfortunately, we, we don't have another proper holding midfielder. Tomine is more of a box-to-boxer and Fred's a kind of... I don't even know what Fred is, really. <laughs> kind of betwixt and between, isn't he? But, you know, Matic is the only proper holding midfielder we've got. And if you're going to play Fernandez and Pogba... You can't afford to play someone who's odd jobbing at, in a defensive midfield position, and so we have ended up just flogging him. You know, when we look at when we're at the end of the season, we're actually looking what we what we need to buy. I think it's become apparent in the last few games that we probably need a lot more than we thought we did. Uh, yeah, or, or more positions, that, or, or one or two more positions than we thought we than we thought we did.
0: Well, the only thing I'd say to that is that this period of football is something of an aberration, isn't it? You know, it, we are not going to have a scenario like this again in the sense of not having any crowds, not having this many games in such a tight uh, scenario without more quality options to switch out where we have to keep playing the same players or Ollie decides he has to keep playing the same players week in and week out. So whilst I accept there's definitely levels, you know, that United have got to improve on and positions that they need to improve on, You know, perhaps when we get to the cold, hard light at the end of the summer, we'll be able to take stock a little bit more. Because there's still plenty of hope in some members of this squad actually being able to provide viable competition for those ahead of them. You know, lot, a lot of them, but at least some of them. Uh, At Nathan Downey, do Bruno and Rashford start on the bench for Sunday? Both look done in. Now, that is not the worst idea because I don't think United are going to want a lot of the ball on Sunday at all. You saw what Leicester were like against Spurs. They got completely done in on the break. And it's one thing United are relatively OK at when it comes to playing football. It's scoring goals on the counter-attack. Yeah, but who do you play instead of them? That's yeah. the thing.
2: I mean, I, Rashford... Is Rooney you know, available?
0: Was poor, he was poor
2: tonight, Rashford. But I think, you know, you have to sort of trust that he, he'll be better than that on Sunday, surely.
1: Um... Oli's just clearly lost all, all faith in or all, all trust in Dan James, hasn't he, at the moment? In in his current form, anyway. I think Dan James um, has lost
2: all faith and trust in trusting yeah. Dan James.
1: Yeah, and I don't think it's his fault. I, no. he, he just he just shouldn't have been put into a situation where he was expected to play so much. And almost those 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 first few games when he scored almost increased the pressure on him because. It, people expected that to happen every week and he just isn't there or anywhere near there at the moment to be able to do that on a consistent basis. Um... Well, I
0: think the reality with Dan James kind of rests somewhere in the middle. I don't think he's had a fantastic season. As you said there, Rich, he started off really well, but I also don't think he's bad as people are making him out to be. You You look at the game on Sunday... It was what a three-five-two. United has zero control. We created zero chances, and a couple of times Dan James got onto the ball and looked all right. A couple of times he looked bad on it. You know, it's forty-five minutes football. Apart from what did he don't can't remember didn't do much against Norwich, but we haven't necessarily got a big sample size post restart to really say, "Oh, Dan James has been complete pish." You know?
1: No, he hasn't been. He hasn't been pish. I just think I just think that his he needed time to develop his game and develop more more strands to his. To his bow as a player yeah and he didn't he didn't really get that and because of that he's remained quite a one-dimensional footballer it's not again not his fault that can be changed in the summer and and going forward but he's become too easy to defend against i think and i don't know the right answer but it's a big call dropping a guy who in rashford who i think when he's playing to his best or close to his best i think he's borderline world class mm. and a guy who probably is a six out of 10 premier league footballer at the moment but can be more but it, you lose i think that match winning potential
2: the, the thing with rashford as well is he, he can be playing badly and still produce a moment
1: he doesn't he doesn't his head doesn't his head doesn't drop does it he no. he'll still keep shooting he'll still keep taking players on yeah. it was just a really bad day for him and for for most of the team today but i don't we talked about this before the quality gap for some of the players to the to their re- replacements is absolutely gargantuan <laughs> yeah I guess Ollie's just got to see what shape people are in physically before he picks his team, but I'd be surprised given what he's done so far if he made many changes. Andy
0: McCoy, is Pogba a better keeper than De Gea? It's <laughs> <laughs> good reactions. fair play to him.
1: Yeah, I mean, if De Gea would probably have kind of sort of let it, let it slip through his hands, wouldn't he? Or, <laughs> or just kind of deflected it in. If if, you know, if there had been De Gea coming out, he, he would have hit his left hand and deflected into the top corner.
2: At least he wouldn't have gone down clutching his face, though, and, you know...
1: That's that's true, but I suppose I suppose once you've done it, you might as well try it on, oh, mind you. And then uh, he must
2: have forgotten that that VAR's, like existed when it, while he was doing that, wasn't yeah. he? And then he just had
0: to see it through.
1: He probably wishes for the old days of Stephen Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Going down like he's been shot. pretty the face convincing when he's just though. Safety by his original. yeah yeah. I thought oh, yeah.
0: Pogba's taking that right on the kisser. Poor lad. Oh wait a minute. Yeah. I mean, side note, <laughs> Gary Neville. Oh God. I mean. I- yeah. I'm struggling with that man's voice in general when he's commentating on Manchester United. In particular, his you know appraisals Pogba. of Paul Pogba. But tonight was just that was uncomfortably embarrassing. Put <laughs> it that way. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. shall we leave it there and let's try and yes, live let's... our lives for the next four days before we have to reconvene to discuss whatever is going to happen at the Walker Stadium? Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Let's do it.
0: Thanks, guys. Cheers. Oh, right, friends, that'll do it for this week. We'll be back after that gigantic game on Sunday afternoon against Leicester City. But until then, don't forget you can catch us on Twitter. You can get me it's at Ewan Lennett, Rich at Rich Red Voices, Paul at Paul Gunning One, and the pod at Red Voices M U F C. And the pod itself can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, SoundCloud, Stitcher, among others. So give us a follow or rating. And finally. Just a quick reminder to download the Pitch Sport app on Google Play or the App Store to challenge your friends, predict United's starting 11s, and our final Premier League result of this season. Right, see you again in a few days. Take care, everyone. Goodbye.